Welcome to Kingsway International Christian Center Tirona, where we are raising champions and taking territories. We are sure this teaching will be a huge blessing to your life. For more information, visit www.kicccanada.ca. Now, get ready to be transformed by the Word. If we are deep, ah, so intelligent. Let me just hand over the mic to you to continue. Praise God. So DNA in layman's terms is that thing in your genes that determines a large part of your life. All right? Now, before I go into DNA of the champions, I need to tell you something that science has recently discovered that a person's genes doesn't seal their fate. Two reasons, all right? In the past, we just felt, oh, it's in your DNA. Then definitely it's going to be. There are two recent, now I'm not even talking the Bible. I'm talking science. There are two recent scientific discoveries that have proven that we've overrated DNA in a point. How? Number one, there's a new field of science called epigenetics. What that means is that there are certain genes that only under, circumst under certain circumstances will they be switched on. Is that making sense? It means that somebody might have a gene that predisposes them to having diabetes, for example. But they can live their lives in perfect health without ever having diabetes because that gene was not switched on. Are you with me? So science is moving away just from studying genes to studying, I mean, why are you, why are you studying light bulbs when you can just put off the switch? Do you get the point? So it makes more sense that instead of looking for how to cure hypertension, diabetes, cancer, let's start studying the switch. That's epigenetics. All right? The second part that science is discovering now is that even when the gene is switched on, even when the gene is switched on, there are some percentage of genes that will never express themselves unless you create an internal environment for them to manifest. Are you with me? What that means is that if in your family you don't have any gene for hypertension, I'm just painting an extreme scenario, you don't. But you decide every day you're going to have burger and fries. Every day. With ice cream. So people are like, Pastor, don't go there. Don't go there. Burger and fries, ice cream, fast food. Every day, every day, every day, every day. Let me tell you, your DNA we call a meeting. We didn't have this thing here before, but there is now necessity is placed on us. We now have to develop the gene for this. Am I making sense to you? So what we are learning today means fully well that as a champion, it's not automatically set in stone that this is you. You will need to consciously ensure that as a champion, you manifest these nine things. Are you still with me? Hello, are we still together? So we are running very quickly through nine points that constitute the DNA, the genetic makeup of a champion. Praise God. Number one is that champions see problems as opportunities, not as problems. Champions see problems as opportunities, not as problems. I'm going to say that one more time. Champions see problems as opportunities, not as problems. It means that if something happens now, something really terrible, all right, one person says, oh, no. The other person says, praise God. Are you getting what we are saying here? James chapter 1, verse 2 to 4. James chapter 1, verse 2 to 4. We are going to read quite a number of scriptures this morning. James chapter 1. Everybody knows that scripture. It says, count it all joy, 
when you fall into diverse. Let me read it from the NIV. It says, consider it pure joy. Consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds. This is what James is saying. James doesn't look like he's going to have a large congregation in today's world. Because today's believers want to hear, come to Jesus. All your problems are permanently what? Deleted. Hello? They lied. The day you signed up for Christ, you enlisted yourself for problems. Hello? And when we don't teach these things to people, it doesn't make sense to them. They are praying, they are fasting, they are worshipping, they are paying their tithes, giving their offerings, and everything just looks scattered. Why? Because we told them that champions don't have problems. Jesus solves every problem. No, Jesus doesn't solve any problem. He doesn't solve problems like that. Jesus is the, is the prince of peace. And he doesn't cancel storms. He gives you peace in the storm. And the person that comes out of that storm is not the person that was in the storm. Are you still with me this morning? That is what, that is what builds us as champions. If you were looking, if you were shopping for a pet, all right, you are going to buy a pet. And then they showed you two pets. They tell you this one, from the day it was born, it has taken only food from, from a feeding bottle. It's never gone outside, never taken anything. And then they give you another one. Say, this one, this pet has been exposed to all sorts. It's strong. It's been there, gone there, been there, done that. All right. Which one are you going to pick? Which one? They've been there, done that, right? Because the one that is, has not been there, done it, you come and be there and done that in your house, under your roof with your dollars. Praise God. Praise God. In the same way, when God is looking for people to entrust kingdom duties to, he's looking for those who have been there at a level. People who see problems and they know God where is your eyes. They're like, oh, glory to God. God is going to manifest himself in this situation. Be it sickness, be it news. See, the devil has a chessboard and he has an expected response from you. The moment you receive that letter, the moment you get that news, the devil believes that your next action will be to question God, to worry, to say, God, but I prayed. God, but I believed you. God, but you gave a word. All right? But when you greet that news with worship, the guy is confused. He doesn't know where to go to praise God. Praise God. Now, let me not lie to you. Problems are not interesting. Nobody wants them. Nobody loves them. But we are champions notwithstanding. Praise God. Romans chapter 8, verse 18, very quickly. Romans chapter 8, verse 18. I'm I'm breezing through this point, but I trust that the Holy Spirit will incubate them in your hearts in Jesus' name. Romans chapter 8, verse 18. It says, it says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. As champions, we do not estimate the worth of a person's life by how much problems they are not having. Hello? No people go to some churches and say, oh, before I trust this church, I need, to, I need to be sure that nobody has problem in, in that church. If you go to a church where nobody has problem, it's, not a, it's, it's most likely the church of Satan. Because Satan will have told his people, these ones are already our own. So there is no issue. Don't, don't touch them. Hello. Praise God. Have you read before in the book of Acts where the Bible says that Paul and Silas were locked up? They were flogged. Flogged and flogged, and then the, 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 the chains, the, there was an earthquake. 
all right? And they were released, and they said, you, you can go. Paul said, no, we are not going. We are not going. We were publicly, publicly beaten and embarrassed as Roman citizens before trial. They are telling us to go. No, no, no. The people that locked us to come and walk us out. Now, the Bible tells us that that jailer, the point I'm making, the jailer there saw prisoners who had been flogged. And they allowed prisoners who had been flogged to minister Christ to them. The jailer who had just received Christ was the one dressing their wounds. He didn't say, if your God is so powerful, why did they allow you to be flogged? Because the power of my God is not in preventing me being flogged. It's giving me joy while being flogged. Giving me peace in the midst of the storm. It changes your paradigm radically. All this panacea Christianity we've sold for so long. There will be no problem. Just come, um, give the Lord $10. Then you will not have 10 problems anymore. All those things are coming to an end. We are raising a generation of, of power. Of, are you getting what I'm saying? Real soldiers in the kingdom. Where the devil knows, don't go near that one. We've tried disease. We've tried sickness. Nothing moves him. Nothing moves her. That's where champion is. Praise God. Somebody say glory to God. The number two DNA is that a champion has an accurate revelation of God's love. The biggest revelation of scriptures is God as love. The character of God never changed. Listen to me. There is no God of the Old Testament and God of the New Testament. Someone said, no, 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 that can't be right. In the Old Testament, God killed people. God caused earthquakes. God told them to kill children. Have you heard, especially when you're in, in apologist circles where you have atheists and agnostics saying that the God, I heard someone say, the God of the Old Testament is a, is a cannibalistic arsonist that destroyed places with fire and flood and killed people with that. He just said all sorts of... Now, God is love. Somebody say God is love. God has been love. God is love. And God will continue to be love. That is his nature. Every revelation that has been of God, they were all shadows. Jesus Christ has revealed the real nature of God. And that nature is love. Are you still with me? The revelation of God's love changes everything for you. It changes everything. Let me show you a scripture that we've read wrongly for so long. Romans chapter 8 from verse 35. Romans chapter 8 from verse 35 to 39. It says, I'm going to read very fast. It says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Verse 37 says, no, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who what? Loved us. Verse 38. Listen. It says, for I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels, nor demons, nor presence, nor future, nor powers, nor heights, nor depths, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love that God, from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Is that in your Bible? Is that in your Bible? Now let me show you how we've, we've interpreted that scripture. I need two volunteers, please, to come forward. Two. Okay, I have more than two. Let me take those in front. Okay, you can come. And you can come. All right. So, I need you to, to hold your hands together like this. No, no, hold yours together. Okay? Now. No, yeah. No, under, under it. All right. Now, what do you think is stronger amongst these two? What do you think? Are you guys kidding me? What do you think is stronger? 
Wait, do, do, you, do you guys really think Shay is stronger? <laughs> then this example won't work. If you guys think Shay is stronger. Okay, let's, let's use Sydney. Okay, now, okay, let's leave it this way. Let's leave it this way. So this is us, all right? And this is God, all right? Now, in the past, now switch, switch. Yes, do this. All right? In the past, we have interpreted, interpreted it as nothing can separate us from the love of God. Meaning that when all these things happen, they will want to break us away from his love. But they won't be strong enough, right? That's what we've thought. But what that scripture means is that it is not our holding power. It is God's holding power. It means that all those things won't stop God from loving us, not us from still loving God. Are you getting it? It means that there is absolutely nothing that can break, no matter now, try to break from this. This is an interesting talk of war. Okay, it's nice. Thank you so much. You can go back to your seat. Now, that scripture is saying there is absolutely nothing that can break God's love from you. You know what that means? It means that when you feel a funny symptom in your body, you say, God loves me. That thing is more powerful than medicine. What I just said now. If you say it and you mean it, it's more powerful than medicine. So when you say, how can you say saying something is more powerful than medicine? Is this guy a doctor at all? Let me tell you. In scientific research, when we are testing new drugs, gather a group of people, you give some real drugs, you give some something that looks like the drug, it's called a placebo. Research has shown that plus the one, in fact, sometimes those who take the drug don't get better. Those who take nothing, chalk, candy, they get better because they believe that they took something. So even your body is able to hear the voice of the spirit and respond. Somebody say, God loves me. Somebody say, God loves me. So the revelation of, and let me tell you, the revelation of God's love, you don't see it in a, you don't finish seeing it in a day. God's love is like, have you heard the, 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 the parable of the rabbits and the elephant? Have you heard it before? You've not heard it before? So there were two rabbits and they were like, oh, we saw something really huge today. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure of what I saw. He said, what did you see? He said, I, I saw it. Did you touch it? Yeah, I, I touched it. So one saw the face touched something, I said, he said, I can swear with a million dollars that the elephant I saw is, is white and is strong and really hard, unbreakable. Now, is that account, right? What part of the elephant, elephant did he probably touch? The, the tusk or the trunk, right? So, it's accurate to a point. The other person said, no, 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 you, you can't be serious. He said, what I touched was, it was a bit Fedry. It was long and it dangled and it looked leathery. It looked like he had prongs. What part did the other one touch? The tail. And they started fighting themselves. He said, no, what you saw wasn't what I saw. I saw you didn't see. Now, are they both right? But they saw different what? Different parts. Let me show you a scripture that, that, will, that will dig this in. Ephesians chapter 3 from verse 14. Ephesians chapter 3 from verse 14. This is Paul praying to the church in Ephesus. He says, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, he says, may have power together with the Lord's holy people to grasp. Now, listen, this is where we are going. He says, How wide... How long, how high, 
and deep the love of Christ is. Do you see that? So there are dimensions to it. By the time you go through a phase and you come out, you see a new dimension of God's love. And then you go through another phase and you come out. You see a new dimension of God's love. You enter, you are wheeled into the hospital, you have that surgery, and you see a new dimension of God's love. There's a dimension of his love that takes away every infirmity that you don't even need surgery. All right? There's a dimension of his love that ensures that the surgery went well when other surgeries had complications and you came out standing. And you still come out knowing that that was God's love at work. Are you still with me? Praise God. Somebody say glory to God. So number one is that we see, we as champions, I'm speaking for us now, we see problems as opportunities. We have an accurate revelation of God's love, knowing that whatever it is that we might be going through, God loves us. Number three, we deliver results by the anointing of the Spirit. We deliver results by the anointing of the Spirit. We deliver results by the anointing of the Spirit. The child of God who has the host of heaven, the power of the Most High dwelling on their inside, you are not expected to, to, to transact business as usual. Are you with me? Whatever it is you are involved in, it might be your academics, it might be your career, whatever it is you are involved in, because there is a power at work in you, there is exceptional results that is expected of you. Praise God. Praise God. The Holy Spirit at work in you is not only for the church. The tongues you are speaking is not just for you to come and speak, speak tongues in church. Everything you touch, a deposit of the Spirit is supposed to be imprinted on it. Are you with me this morning? It means that in your work, it doesn't matter your level. You don't have to be the CEO to make a difference in the organization. Laban met Jacob. He said, I know by divination. Have you read that scripture before? Do you know what divination means? Divination means he went to go and check it, as my people will say. They went to look at it. He saw the reason why this business is prospering is because there's a child of God in the business. I don't care what level it is. You might be flipping burgers. You might be doing a factory job. You do it. Do you know that? This spirit of God is funny. It's funny. Why, why should somebody with the spirit of God be, be carrying things in the factory? Shouldn't the spirit of God take him to CC to level on Bay Street? Wouldn't you think that's what the spirit of God should do? But the Spirit of God knows that, see, Joseph in the prison said, because the Lord was with me, because the Lord was with me, everything I did, God caused it to prosper. The guy had the grace of God so much on him, they were appointing presidents in prison. He was still president. The grace of God at, at work in your life will manifest everywhere, at every time. Did you hear that? We don't put off God on Sundays and we go to work on Monday and we're now dealing dying. I was listening to a man of God who shared. It was a consulting session. They, they met a brick wall. They had plotted all the graphs, everything. There was no headway. So they took a break and he went, prayed in the spirit for a while and the Holy Spirit showed him the solution. Gave him the solution. Went there the next morning and he just took his, his pen, went to the whiteboard, plotted the graph and he had solved the problem that some of the best minds around couldn't solve. And they said, how did you do this? He just smiled. He said, this is my work. And he left the place. During the breakout session, one of the men came to meet him. I said, no, no, no. We know this is your work, but you have exhibited the level of intelligence that is not normal. It is from a place. Let me invite you to come and join people who exhibit supernatural intelligence. Like he said, what are you talking about? He said, I, be I belong to, he named one cult like that said, we will operate. And the guy just smiled. He said, if your cult is that good, you should have been the one solving this problem. Hello? Hello? 
it means that the power at work in you is supposed to deliver results at a level. Praise God. Tap your neighbor. Say, let the champion in you stand out. Daniel chapter 2 and verse 10 and 11. Daniel chapter 2 verse 10 and 11. Daniel chapter 2. We have some future choristers who are realizing. Daniel chapter 2. Praise God. Daniel chapter 2. Are you there? Daniel chapter 2. I'm going to read from verse 10 and verse 11. It says, the astrologers answered the king. See, the Lord is bringing us to a season where we will no longer be scared of people who carry small powers. Did you hear that? Hello? We will no, we will no longer be scared. You know, many times believers, you hear, oh, that person, is, that person is this. Don't go near him. Don't annoy him. Don't annoy her. Enough. Enough of that. What's been of that? Praise God. Praise God. I shared this with us a couple of times before of someone who was doing business with a particular man who everybody knows the guy to be very diabolic. He will agree terms with you, and after you do your part, he will go back and change the terms. Everybody, that was his way. All right, so they did business together, and he went to the man and said, Ah, Baba, oh yeah, what we discussed. And Baba said, No, our discussion has changed. And he said, No, it can't change. He said, This is what we agreed on. This. And when he was arguing, people were pinching him. Nobody argues with this guy. Are you, where are you from? Just let it go. How much are we, let it, he said, No, I'm not letting it go. He said, Nobody. So he, he told the guy, He said, You are going. And when the Baba saw that they had won this boy and he wasn't taking action, so the Baba just shook his beads in his hand and said, in three days, you will not be here to argue with me. What he was implying was that he was going to die in three days. As he said it, everybody around, hey, we were warning you, we were warning you. You know what he said? He smiled. He said, Baba, you might be right. In, maybe in three days or not. If God wills, I may or may not be alive. But me, oh, sorry. Baba said in seven days. In seven days that he, the guy would die. The guy said, Baba, maybe, maybe or not in seven days. He said, but me, I'm telling you. In three days, you, sir, will be gone. And he walked out of Baba's office. Guess what happened next? Baba sent people to call him. Say, ah, ah, my son. My son. They cannot play with you again. <laughs> Praise God. This thing really is a power tussle. The moment you accept it, then they've won. Are you still with me? Praise God. Praise God. Daniel chapter 2 and verse 10. It says, astrologers, they, they said, there is no one on earth. Who can do what the king has asked us? No king, however great and mighty, has ever asked such a thing of any magician or enchanter or astrologer. He says, what the king asks is too difficult. No one can reveal it to the king except the gods. And they do not live among humans. Woo! I have news. The gods don't just live amongst us. God of the kings, of the kings, of the kings lives in me. Hello? He lives on my inside. He's not just among... Are you understand what I'm saying here? I'm talking of complex situations. You will say a word of prayer and the Lord will show you the solution. In the mighty name of Jesus. Someone does not believe it. I said the Lord will give you the solution. Because you are around, there will be increase in your company. In the mighty name of Jesus. Psalm chapter 138. I will read from verse 1. Psalm 138 from verse 1. It says, I will praise you Lord with all my heart. Before the gods, I will sing your praise. Is that in your Bible? Before the gods. And you're wondering. The first, I, I saw this scripture and I said, what is David saying here? You should be saying before the tabernacle, before the congregation, I will worship God, right? If, read your Bible. It's small letter G. 
He's telling you that it is before the idols so that you will know. Before the idols, I will sing your praise. What he's saying is that your, your spirituality is not only needed in the congregation. It's not only needed in the tabernacle. You will step into places that you will be faced by gods, G-O-D-S, idols, powers at play. And let me tell you, and listen, everybody delivering results at a level as an altar that they bow to. Hello? Including your so-called popular atheists. Hello? Hello? Your popular atheists have who and what they bow to. They have it. So that naivety of no, it's strictly intellectual, you know, we're just here to, to analyze what we're going through, you know. We don't, we don't entertain, you know, magic. We don't believe in magic, you know. We face the facts. This is what the facts is. Look at the data. Look at the projections. English. They are using English to cover the idols. They have idols. Hello. But before they are gods, we will sing the praise of our God. In the mighty name of Jesus. And whenever there's a tussle, we know what always comes out on top, don't we? The Bible tells us that Pharaoh also brought his own magicians. Moses cast his own rod, became a serpent. If I was the one. <laughs> and my rod has turned to serpent. I would say, God, peace out. Hello. Hello. Say, that serpent is gone. It's not for Pharaoh. All right. But God didn't do that. His own two rods swallowed it and he left. He left with a deposit of Egypt's power. Praise God. The power of God in your life will swallow up the power of the enemy. In the mighty name of Jesus. So number one, we said champions see what problems as opportunities. Number two, champions have a revelation of what? God's love. Number three, champions deliver results by the anointing of the spirit. Number four, champions are raisers of champions. Gone are the days where you know some people, for them to feel important, they want to hear how things went on in their absence. I was not around to lead praise and worship. How did praise and worship go? Ah, it was the, everybody was just singing different keys. Somebody sang Q, 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 G, Q, M. All right, people are looking. Is there a key M? <laughs> All right, they will not smile. Oh, I was not around. I'll be around next week. And I see next week, you have now come with all the anointing. Praise God. Feedback like that breaks the heart of a champion. Because your duty as a leader is to... See, a leader has only succeeded when he has successfully been succeeded. Hello? It means that I am a good pastor only if the Sunday I'm not around to preach, the sermon is not watery because someone else did it. People not, ah, pastor, we missed you. Hmm. That last week's sermon, we didn't even know whether it's Genesis or Exodus. We were just going, you know, the message was just turning on your own, you know. We didn't even know the end. We know, I don't even know the topic till tomorrow. Pastor will now smile, oh yes, I'll be back. Now, the voice will now change from, I'll be back to, I'll be back. You know, to, to make you feel like it's coming with the anointing. Praise God. That is not the spirit at work in us. The spirit at work in us causes us to raise others, to train people, to raise leaders. You know why? You won't be around forever. You won't be. I was listening to Miles Monroe of Blessed Memory. He said in his church many years ago, he handed over the organization to someone who was less than 30 years old. And they were mentoring him in the process, watching him grow. He said after the guy, I think they said the plan was when the guy becomes 40, they will appoint another person under 30. This is a church that has grandpas and grandmas. Are you still with me? Champions raise champions. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 1 to 2. 
2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 to 2. This is Paul talking to his own son. 2 Timothy chapter 2. He says, I heard then, first of all, am I reading the right place? I'm reading 1 Timothy, I'm sorry. 2 Timothy chapter 2. He says, you then, my son. The question is, as a champion, who is your son? Who are you training? Who are you raising? Who are you discipling? Who knows their Bible better because of you? Who prays better because of you? Hello? Who understands their career better because of you? Who? 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 You are not just around for yourself. Praise God. It says, you then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. It says, and the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, it says, and trust other to reliable people who also will be qualified to teach others. So we are champions raised to what? To raise, other champ- to raise other champions. Praise God. Tap yourself. Say, I am a raiser of champions. I am a raiser of champions. You know where it starts? It starts in your house. It starts in your family. It starts with your kids. The children we are raising, they are going to be a wonder to the world. When I hear people who are scared, oh, I don't want to have children abroad, hey, all this, mm-mm-mm. that's not what the word of God says. Our reality is what the word of God says. It says our children are taught of the Lord. And great shall be their peace. So that is what we hold on to. All right? They are done. They surround our tables. They are a blessing to us. They are a blessing to the world. The world is grateful that our children came. And how do we preserve that? We raise them as champions in the house. When they wake up, they they don't just go out. You pray. You teach them to pray. It might be in the morning. It might be in in the evening. Let them learn it now. Let them learn it. It's not suddenly when you now hear something, something is happening. I'll say, let's start praying. They'll be looking at you. Why are we just praying now? They don't understand. They don't see the rush you are seeing. Praise God. Praise God. Number five. I'm looking at my time. And I'm going to breathe through. Champions have tunnel vision and laser focus. Tunnel vision and laser focus. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 14. Philippians chapter 3, verse 14. This is Paul speaking. He says, this one thing, Philippians chapter 3, verse 14. This one thing, he says, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me. Heaven word. Let me read from verse 13. He says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do. Somebody say, one thing I do. Many, many people are, conf- they are terribly confused. They are doing many things. They are doing everything. Somebody says, oh, this is what is in vogue now. They go and do it. Go and learn how to do this. They go and learn how to do this. Go and learn how to do this. Then you ask them, who are you? What do you do? I am the many-faced one. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Number six, champions never use people, but they are eager to serve. Champions never use people, but they are eager to serve. Champions never use, and let me tell you, especially for those of you here, that you know that God is raising you up to be strong and influential. One of the consequences of power is that you can subconsciously abuse power without knowing it. Even if you are a good person and that was not your intention. You will just come to church one day and someone will say, ah, Pastor, let me carry your bag. Pastor, let me carry your Bible. Is that good or not good? Is that good or not good? It's good, right? It's good, I mean. Pastor, let me carry your bag. Let me carry your bag. It's good, right? Until one day you enter, nobody says, let me carry your bag. You now now look at everybody. How come nobody is ready to carry my bag? That's when something has switched on your inside. 
You've become a God now. No longer pastor. Praise God. Praise God. Jesus said, Matthew 20, 25 to 28. He said, you're not like the Gentiles. The Gentiles lord it over them. He says, but he that will be the greatest among you must be what? The servant. So Jesus changed the paradigm of leadership. And see, let me tell you, if you read some of the best sellers in leadership today, all of them are stealing leadership secrets from the Bible. Servantly, I read a book recently. The book was written, the foreword of the book was written by someone that I respect so much, Tom Peters. He doesn't joke with his endorsements. And I heard Tom Peters in his own voice. He said, I agree with everything in this book. I said, what? What is in this book that someone will bring his own credibility? And he says he agrees with everything in the book. I said there must be something about this, but I'm going to pay extra attention. So when the book started, guess what the book was about? The book, the guy literally wrote a management text based on 1 Corinthians 13. That's what he did. But man, I knew where he got it from. Um, this does not rejoice in evil. I was like, guy, I know where that is from. <laughs> Praise God. Every see the mercy. How do you explain somebody being on earth for three and a half years? Effective ministry, living for 33 years. And thousands of years after, there is still legacy. Then we must be studying the guy. Are you still with me? He is the greatest leader that ever lived. Ever. Our God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. That he went about doing good, healing all those that were sick, casting out demons, all those that were afflicted. The man Jesus. The man. That's the emphasis. The man Jesus. Praise God. Somebody say there is glory at work in me. There is mighty power at work in me. Praise God. Now we are getting deeper now. We've gone through the surface of the DNA of a champion. We've talked about one to six, right? The last three ones are the deep ones and I want you to pay attention. If you've not been listening before, I want you to, to, to begin to listen now. Champions are known in the supernatural realm. Champions are known. Their identity is known in the supernatural. Not only do they know who they are, in the spirit realm, who they are is known. Are you with me this morning? Read a story one time of a, of, of a meeting where they were praying for people, healing the sick, casting out. There were many years ago, A. Allen R. W. Shambach was a young minister learning under A. Allen. All right? And A. Allen was busy doing other things. So there were these young ministers. Get out in the name of Jesus. Get out. In Hello? 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 They were saying, get out, get out in the name of Jesus, get out. The demon did not come out though. They did everything. Quoted scriptures, jumped up, jumped down. It was a very tough one. Ah, the ministers were exhausted. No one you've said get out like a million times. See, let me tell you. A champion says get out once. Kings issue decrees. Hello, hello. Someone said, what if you say it once and it doesn't come out? It is testing you. It wants to know if you know the weight of what you've said. Now, picture it. I went to a military school, all right? I had commandants. When the commandant says something, it is said, hello? When he says it, it is said. It doesn't, even if he changes his mind, you will obey that one first. Then he now come back and take new instruction. There was a day I was in my commandant's office. We were just smiling and laughing. And then the other had done something. He just said, go lock him up. With a stern face, strong voice, lock him up. And he turned back to me and smiled. Okay, Dio, where were we? 
I didn't understand this. Because that same, you can just change. I say, lock him up to her. I just adjusted. I said, what? And you know what? They went and they locked the guy up. Just like that. Because someone who had authority had what? Released it. You, call, you get there and say, get out in the name of Jesus. When you say second one and the third one, the fourth one, the demon will say, wait, 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 which one? Which one are we going to listen to? Is it the second or the third? Is it the loud or the low one? So these guys were sweating, get out, get out, get out, get out, get out. So A. Allen was passing by, he saw all his ministers looking tired and bewildered. Say what's going on? He went, say what's going on? So we've been on this lady trying to get the demon out, the demon is not coming out. So he just went in, went to the lady. I'm not, you don't have anything in Jesus' name. He just went, did like this, and he went out. The lady just fell under the anointing and got up, and he just walked away. And all of them were like, what, what, what? R.W. Shambach, the one that had, sorry, they all had sense in Jesus' name. <laughs> but he was like, what? What just happened now? We've been on this matter since. R.W. Shambach went to meet A. Allen. He said, sir, we've been on this matter for so long. What did you tell her? He said, do you really want to know what I told her? He said, yes. Guess what he told her? I am A.A. A. Allen. He didn't even say in Jesus, he didn't say in Jesus' name. I am A.A. Allen. Do you know the same account is in the Bible? Go and check it. Acts chapter 19, 13 to 15. A group of people, they had seen miracles. People used handkerchiefs, all sorts. So they went and said, get out in the name of Jesus. Get out in the name of Paul. The demon spoke. They said, Paul, we what? We know him. We know him. We know those that carry power. We know. Champions are known in the supernatural realm. Praise God. Number eight. Champions understand the mystery of incubation. Champions don't step out when they are prepared. They step out when they are ready. That's deep. You might need to write that down. What that means is that, you know, now, especially in a church like this where we are teaching you, feeding you with, with the word. At a point, you will get to a stage where you can preach better than pastor. Listen. Or you can sing better than your HOD. Or you can usher better than your head of ushers. Alright? And you feel that they are not spiritual in that church because they didn't recognize the anointing on your life. A real champion understands incubation. It means that I am being brooded and prepared. Such that I can see somebody else do something not as good as I can do it, but I will sit under them, I will learn humility. And at the right time, I will be launched out. Are you with me? Hello? Are you with me? Do you get that? Many people have prematurely been launched into destruction. Talented, anointed, but prematurely launched. At the time when we were starting this ministry last year, I never in my life could, if you ask me 50 things you'll be doing next year, I'll never say I was going to pastor a church. Never. I fought it, fought it with my head, with my nose, with, with my whole being. But when God said it was time, it was time. But what's the point I'm going to? In the place of my assignment before, the task that was given to me was to take announcements. Sometimes I'll be asked to lead prayer. Sometimes, occasionally on Sundays, I'll be asked to preach, which was a big privilege. And I'll tell myself, whether it is announcement, whether I'm leading prayer, whether I'm preaching, I will place a demand on the Spirit of God so much that at least one person will be blessed. And I was doing it. Faithfully. Praise God. Some other people will say, no, 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 you are not preaching again. You are not the best preacher in this church. Go and sit down. 
You, you are not singing again. You are not the best singer in this church. Go and sit down. And when you see that they don't recognize, you say they don't know, they don't know what they have in that church. I will soon leave them. Tap your neighbor and say, don't soon leave them. <laughs> Be patient. Praise God. Are you being blessed so far? The last one, which I want you to take away, is deliberately, I saved it for the last deliberately, so you remember this one. Champions place a very high premium on grace. Somebody say grace. Somebody say grace. Somebody say grace. What is grace? We have defined grace for so long as unmerited favor. Some months back, the Lord changed our definition of grace in this church. We don't define grace as unmerited favor anymore in this church. Why? Not because it is wrong, but it reduces tremendously what you can achieve with grace. Grace for us is a supernatural empowerment, a supernatural enablement to achieve the impossible and to achieve it easily. Did you hear that? And it applies to salvation also. The reason why we can live a righteous, holy life that pleases God, what those who under the law were not able to achieve. The reason why we can do it is because we've been empowered by grace. Are you with me? Now, this same grace is what many people have abused and they are using as excuse to do rubbish. Same grace. Same grace. I was meditating on this and an illustration came to mind. Imagine that this is a platinum, platinum, unlimited debit card. Hello? Imagine. Unlim- do you know what unlimited means? It means you will never see transactions declined. It doesn't matter what you are buying. Whether it is a $5 million house or whether it is $2 burgers. Do you understand? There is nowhere the card is not accepted. Are you with me? Imagine, imagine that. Have you have we all imagined that? That is what grace is. If I take it to dollar store, all right, to buy candy or 50 cents, will it work? Right. If I take it to Cape Town or to Monaco to buy myself an island worth $120 million, is it going to work? Did I just use grace or not? Someone else will choose to use theirs for 50 cents. Someone else will choose to use it for big things. In the kingdom, our currency is grace. We achieve great things by the supernatural enablement of God. Small people will use grace to cover their sins, to explain off their misbehavior. Hello? Hello? You hear, oh, I just did this thing, but the grace of God is sufficient. The grace of God is sufficient. It is not deficient. Let us stop making a ridicule of grace. Can we make a ridicule of grace? Yes. In our times, never than, never than ever before, grace is being ridiculed. Abuse from the pulpit. And we say what? Grace. Praise God. I read a few scriptures and we'll begin to wrap it up. Galatians chapter 2 verse 21. Galatians chapter 2. This is the apostle of grace speaking himself. In fact, the three scriptures we are reading were reading, we written by Paul. Galatians 2.21. It says, I do not set aside the grace of God. Is that in your Bible? I don't know what version you have. Let me read it in the Amplified. It says, I do not ignore or nullify the gracious gift of God. That means it is possible for a believer 
to ignore or nullify. Let me read it in the KJV. The KJV says, I do not frustrate. Somebody say frustrate. Is it possible to frustrate the grace of God? Yes, it is. The very sea, the very same thing that you know that God has forgiven you. God has given you the power to overcome that. You keep on going to it. You keep on going to it. You keep on going to it. You know, you know. Praise God. The same power that is able to make you feel forgiven is the same power that is able to completely deliver you from it in the first place. Did you hear that? There is nothing you are struggling with you cannot be delivered from. Did you hear that? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. There is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. I don't see. I've studied science. I know the neuropsychology of addiction. The power of God can break it. Did you hear that? The power of God can break it. Somebody will say it runs in our family. It has to stop at some point. If you don't love yourself, do your children's children a favor. Let it stop with you. Did you hear that? The power of God can break it. The same grace that you are using to manage it, that grace can cure it. Are you listening to me this morning? So we have to place a strong demand on the grace of God. Because if you choose it to use, if you choose to use the grace to manage it, it will work. The grace will manage it for you. If you are still struggling with that addiction and you ask for mercy, God will forgive you. The grace will work. But that same grace can empower you to live a life of victory above that same thing. Are you with me this morning? Glory to God. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians 15. I'll read verse 9 and 10. 1 Corinthians 15, 9 and 10. It says, For I am the least of the apostles, this is Paul speaking, and I do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. Verse 10. He says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace to me was not without effect. Meaningfully well, again, that the grace of God can be without effect. He says, no, I worked harder in the King James. He says, I labored more. I thought grace meant no labor. No, grace means you will labor easily. It don't feel like labor. Hello, are you with me? You will lay hands on sick. Sometimes you will not even lay hands. They are just passing by and they are getting healed. It's grace. It's grace. Did you hear that? It's grace. There are ministries. I was listening to a pastor. He said, since our ministry started, we've been able to lead 122 million souls to Christ. I said, oh Lord. It's grace. Some other people are using their own grace to do other things. But that is grace. That's the kind of grace I want. That's the kind of testimony I want. That in a matter of months to years, we will say that by the grace of God, God has grown and enlarged our cause so much as a church. That we are ministering even to other ministries. That is grace. Are you with me this morning? Titus chapter 2 verse 11. Titus chapter 2 verse 11. Titus 2 11. It says, For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. This same grace, it teaches us to say no to ungodliness. Somebody say no to ungodliness. Anybody that is permitting unrighteousness in the name of grace is not saved. Quote me anywhere I said it. Anybody that justifies unrighteousness doesn't know what grace is. They've not seen it. It says the grace of God teaches us to say no to ungodliness. 
and to worldly passions and to live a self-controlled life. Not because you are that self-controlled, but because the power of God is at work in you. He says it is God that worketh in us both to do what? Both to will and to do. To will and to do. To will. It means that even my desires are by grace. And eventually what I go ahead to do. Praise God. Are there any champions in the house this morning? Rise up on your feet if you are a champion. This is me. This is who I am. This is who you are. This is who he has made us. In this world, this is who he has made us. We are, we are breaking away from smallness. We are breaking away from littleness. We are breaking away from scarcity. We are entering into a new level of surplus. A new level of abundance. A new level of radical influence. Where our world, we know that we came. Our world, we know that we came. Our world, we know that we came. Because of the power of God that we carry on our inside. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus to break, break every chain, 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 break every chain. There is power, there is power in the name of Jesus. There is, there is power in the name of Jesus. There is power, there is power in the name of Jesus. To break every chain. Break every chain, break every chain, hey, to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. There is power, there is power in the name. Oh, there is power, there is power. To break, there is power in the name. To break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Hey, to break every chain, break. I want to pray with you this morning very quickly. If you are here. And you know you are not saved. You've been going to church, but you know you are not saved. You know that that power that we've talked about is not working in you. You know. You know. All right? And you just want me to pray with you. Say, I'm ready. I'm ready to turn in you. If there's anyone, just signify with a wave of hand. Anybody that wants me to agree with you? Anybody? All right. All right. The second category of people I want to pray with is that you are saying that, Pastor, I know that where I am is not where I should be. I want a release of the grace of God supernaturally upon every area of my life. It might be your finances, 
It might be in, in your career, it might be your academics, it might be your kids, your family, your health. You want that power, that supernatural endowment. This, this premium of grace that we talked about, you want it released in an area of your life. Let me see your hand. My own hands are lifted up too because I want it. Alright? I expect all of us to, to desire it. All of us. All of us. All of us. Everything that has held us bound is breaking off by the power of the Holy Ghost. In the mighty name of Jesus. With your hands of blessing, that song one more time. I said, there is power. There is power. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power. Hey. There is power in the name of Jesus. To break, break every chain. Break every chain. Oh, to break. Break every chain. Break every chain. Chain. Raise your hands to heaven. Father, in the name of Jesus, I release by the unction of your anointing a supernatural endowment of power for all of your children under the sound of my voice to begin to achieve exploits by the Spirit of God. Exploits by grace. Exploits by the power of the Holy Ghost. In the mighty name of Jesus. Receive the grace for the supernatural. In every area of your life. Everything you lay your hands upon to do prospers. In the name of Jesus. Those difficult situations you left at home. As you go back, the authority and the seal of God is released into your mouth. Words of power come from you. As you decree, those things will be established. In the name of Jesus, I put in your mouth the seal of the Most High. Situations will hear your voice and they will flee. Problems will hear your voice and they will flee. Sickness will hear your voice and flee. Poverty will hear your voice and flee. Disease will hear your voice and flee. Chaos will hear your voice and flee. In the name of Jesus, I command and decree you are entering into a new season. In the name of Jesus, whatever has held you bound, whatever has kept you short, whatever embargo has restricted you to a level, I command by the power of the Almighty that you are breaking out of it. In the name of Jesus, you are breaking out of it. In the name of Jesus, I said you are breaking out of it. In the name of Jesus, your victory is here to stay. Come on, say, say, my victory is here to stay. I am victorious. Come on, give the Lord a big shout. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We are victorious. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Have you been blessed this morning? Are you sure you've been blessed this morning? Let the most blessed person give the Lord the biggest shout. The most blessed. Praise God.